welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this, this is from Checkered to Green, the podcast, all about racing as told by three lifelong race fans and from time to time talking about the business aspects of racing, the green it takes to take the green. Welcome everyone to episode 21. I'm David Maudie. Alongside me is my colleague and filling in as co-host. He's normally our producer, Ryan Kolpak. Elliot Tardiff has the day off as we're recording in the, in the morning here. Ryan, how are you doing? And happy early 4th of July, because we've got some great racing, fireworks, and cookouts. How's it going there, sir? Well, I got to tell you, summer is in full swing here in Buffalo, New York. We've had consistent upper 80s and 90s. Uh, we're at the point of the week, we've got a bit of a cool off because uh, cold front's coming through, but we've got some welcome rain. I'm sure everyone that's takes time and trouble to put a nice garden together is appreciating that. I know it's nice to see my lawn, you know, turning that vibrant shade of green again. And how are things in your territory, sir? All things are well. I know um, we've been off for a few weeks because we've all had our, our things. We, we've had some vacations. I know uh, um, we, we've all been busy. I actually ended up going with the family to Virginia for a week. Had a nice fun time down there. Um, actually got to take a, um, a um, smoking class, a barbecue smoking class with, a, with their pit master at the resort. Learned some nice things. Got some good tricks that I'm going to apply for some pulled pork this weekend that I'm going to do on Monday on the smoker. But yeah, things are going well. Much needed rain. You mentioned the garden. Oh, yeah, that we've planted flowers. So, yeah, things are good. But today we've got a lot on our plate here. We've got some good, you know, we we normally have a um, a checkered and then we have a featured spotlight segment. And then, you know, we have our green. But since we've been off for a while, Ryan. We've actually got a lot of racing, so we're going to give you an extended checkered segment today. We're going to give you two checkered segments. We're going to talk about some sports car racing, the cup racing, and then we're going to go open wheel after our break, and then we've got to preview all the great racing action that's happened. So, Ryan, are you set to cover some racing action here? Oh, I'm completely ready. I'd say let's go. All right. So the checkered flag flew on a lot of races, and we will start with the Cup Series and the Hendrick dominance that has occurred over the past few weeks. When we last met, we taught we were talking about Sonoma. We were previewing it. We had recapped how Kyle Larson. Had pure, you know, has pure dominance in the Coca-Cola 600 on fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Well, guess what? That kept up, and we started off with Sonoma, the road course, and Kyle Larson picked up where he left off in Charlotte. 
He dominated Sonoma. He went on to win it. He actually ended up leading um, most of the, the race. Um, it was, you know, he, he started on the pole. He ended up winning it. He led 57 of the 92 scheduled laps. Chase Elliott finished second with 13. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Was, was third. Joey Legal fourth. And Kyle Busch was fifth. So, so far in the road courses leading up to this, it was, um, it, it was you know, Joe Gibbs had one win. Hendrick Hale win. But then... Um, Hendrick got another win and Kyle Larson did that. We, we'll kind of get into points a little bit after in, in how the playoffs situation looks, but that was Sonoma. Great racing. Gotta love the road course racing there. Um, we, we'll kind of touch base on our thoughts after that, but then it was the, the following week was the all-star race and the last weekend for Fox. Um, last weekend for the Fox broadcast, well way kickoff. Little did we know that this was going to be Jeff Gordon's final broadcast on Fox as news has come out that he is actually going to take a, um, a, a role with Hendrick Motorsports. We can touch on that in, in future episodes, but he's leaving Fox um, and going there and the all-star race. I, I will give my quick thoughts. Ugh. I don't know what they did uh, with the intro. I mean, they were going to have a big entrance that, I don't know, that wasn't much. But in the race format, yeah, okay. You, know, you, you may disagree with my opinion, people, but I'm going to just say, eh, it was pathetic. But in the end, guess what? Kyle Larson wins it, um, wins the all-star race. And Ryan, you had brought a statistic up, I believe. What was it? Was it the past? Every time a Hendrick driver had went on to win an all-star race that most of them went on to win the championship? Yeah, I read that shortly after uh, finishing the race. And I thought, well... That being the case, and with uh, Kyle Larson flexing very hard on the rest of the Cup Series as it's been, he's putting in a very solid argument for himself that, yeah, yeah, championship's going to be mine this year. Yeah, most certainly. And, and, and with that, um, with it most certainly, with that, um, his, you know, he, he, he's definitely got it. He's got, um, you know, you know, he, he's definitely going to be favored. And that momentum actually ended up carrying into the, the following week at Nashville. NBC broadcast inaugural week. It was Father's Day weekend. I actually ended up getting to watch some of this while I was in Virginia um, before we went out to uh, dinner to a very yummy barbecue place. I will tell, I will say um, Southern barbecue, A plus, love it. Um, but, um, new track, uh, kind of built on Dale Jr. Had some criticisms about the track, but his latest episode, he was very impressed with the facility and he actually apologized for his criticisms, but Kyle Larson wins Nashville. So literally four weeks in a row, 
four weeks in a row, three point races and one non-point race. Kyle Larson on a four win streak, unofficially, technically three. Um, and Hendrick, um, we'll, we'll get into it, um, on an impressive win streak as well since Austin with technically, you know, a four, four race win streak point-wise, but technically five. But Kyle Larson wins Nashville. Um, that race, really good. Um, 264 laps. They didn't have to go into overtime. Kyle Larson leaned 59 of those. Ross Chastain second for Chip Ganassi Racing. Some breaking news on that. The final year of Chip Ganassi Racing. We'll, we'll get into that later on in, in future episodes. William Byron was third. Eric Almirola fourth, Kevin Harvick fifth. Um, oh, I do apologize. I gave the I gave the points that Larson won. No, Larson led 264 laps in dominant fashion again in, in that race. So he wins Nashville. First race there, wins the inaugural event. Really good racing, I think, throughout with that. But then we go into... Pocono and the doubleheader weekend. And was it going to be Kyle Larson putting up a four win streak in point races? Or was it going to be someone else? Well, long behold, Larson gets knocked off the throne. And it wasn't, it wasn't for he had a bad car. He had a dominant car and was leading leading into the final lap when he led the final lap when the tire went. He had a, he had a um, tire go down on the right front side, I believe, and that was it. He was into the wall. He ended up finishing fit, uh, ninth. Alex Bowman, his teammate, Wins it. Kyle Bush was second. William Byron third. Danny Hamlin fourth. Ryan Blaney fifth. Um, Kyle Larson led 15 of the 130 laps. Alex Bowman actually led 16. But the needless to say, the Kyle Larson's win streak ends there. Um, ended at three point races, four on a fit. You know, if you include the the All Star race. But Hendrick, right at that point before the second Pocono doubleheader, had literally had five straight wins in points races this season to, to show that dominance, which what we were talking about a few episodes ago was could they keep it up? Could Hendrick keep up the dominance? And they had but six straight races if you want to include the all-star race. That led that was on Saturday the 26th, Sunday the 27th. They're back at Pocono for the next race, which was a um a 140 lapper. And Kyle Bush wins, but guess who was right behind him? Kyle Larson in second. Kyle Bush wins on fumes. He ran out of fuel right as he came to the line. He was on fumes. Um if he would have ran out a lap before, 
Kyle Larson would have won it. So we almost had two leaders on the final lap in both weekends almost lose it, but that wasn't the case. So Kyle Busch wins, breaks the Hendrick streak, breaks um, the, the Hendrick dominance. Um, Larson was, was second. Greg Kozlowski was third. Harvick was fourth. Bubba Wallace was fifth. Great finish for Bubba Wallace that day. A very impressive um, going on that. And if you actually go back all the way to Kansas, so if you go back the last time a non-Gibbs, non-Hendrick winner, food, some food for thought here, was Brad Kozlowski and Talladega, and that was April. So the complete month of May and June, it has been either Gibbs or Hendrick going into the month of July. And we're getting closer to this. But I want to go over the, the uh, just where we stand in the playoff standings right now. Um, Kyle Larson, four wins. Truex three, Bowman has three, Bush has two, Byron, Logano, Elliott, Blaney, Kozlowski, Bell, and Michael McDowell all have one. They're in the playoffs. Dane Hamlin currently sits 12. Um, he, you know, in point standings, he ranks first. Um, so he he's pretty much gonna be locked in. Harvick is ninth in points. You can say he's pretty much gonna probably go to the playoffs this year. Austin Dillon, 12. Yeah, he, he's probably a little more comfortable. Tyler Reddick was is 15th in points, uh, or is 15th right now in the stings. He's 13th in points currently. And then Kurt Bush is on that cutoff line. It's a plus three point difference between him and Busher. Busher was ahead. Bush needed a really good weekend, and he got that this weekend at Pocono. So with that said, um, a lot of good action before we go into the sports car racing, but before we go into the sports car racing, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this past week on the cup series? Good Lord. I was starting to think that, uh, Kyle Larson was unstoppable. I agree. He and his team have been running so hot that car should have been melting around him. But I think Kyle Butch showed that that veteran knowledge and skill, not only did he stretch those fumes to get him that win, but he also had a shifter issue during the race where he got stuck in fourth gear and he managed to overcome that as well. That just goes to show you that like the good drivers, they find a way. Yeah, most certainly most certainly and i you know just to see that with with kyle bush um i mean hendrick almost literally swept the weekend their dominance and and the things that happened at kyle bush you know could have easily taken him out of the race especially the field but yeah that was it was it was really good we're we're gearing up we we're getting to that that final stretch of the year where playoffs are going to start and 
anything. One final point I want to make is that, you know, with the Cup Series and, and getting closer to the playoffs and their cutoff line, which is going to be Daytona, which so we, we've got this month and next month, one of those battles, and we mentioned it quick, was the Bush-Busher three-point cut line. With them going Road America this weekend, you think it's going to have to be really big for Kurt Bush, you know, you think if he can get that win, you think it's good, you know, you think, or you think how much of a good day he's got to have if he wants to keep that playoff spot. Well, if he wants to hold that playoff spot, he better have as good a day as any driver has any right to ask for, because we've seen performance on road courses with some of the other teams. And let's face it, the last one was uh, Larson making it look easy. So that's definitely in the back of his mind. It's like, if I don't stay in front of him and he takes the front on this road course, I might be toast. Most certainly. And, and that's the thing is the past couple of you know, road courses you mentioned, it's either been Hendricks or Gibbs. And in that dominance that Hendrick has had and still has, it is going to, you know, can be tough. So, I mean, I think, Going into this weekend, we, we know that, you know, maybe Harvick needs it. You know, Hamlin doing well, but he hasn't had that win. So we'll, we'll kind of see and we'll, we'll kind of preview Road America more in, in our um, green segment. But one final thing before we end up taking our, our break um, is I wanted to get into the road course racing. And with the road course racing was the probably one of the biggest things and we, we talked about is that IMSA is having a double weekend due to COVID. They couldn't race at, at um, up in Canada at the Canadian Motorsports Park, Mosport, um, due to that. So what they did was they, they have the, the sale in six hours of the Glen return this weekend with this past weekend with fans. Um, but then they're allowing them to race July 4th weekend. And we'll preview that in the green segment, but it was the sale in six hours of the Glen, the third endurance race of the, of the Michelin endurance cup. Um, it's one of those, you know, longer races. I saw a little bit of it. Um, NBC sports did not only covered the final three hours. Um, if sometimes you can catch the playback, I know they had a wreck at the beginning in one of the classes. Um, I didn't get to see much of this, but I, I heard it was a really good race. It, it was fun. You know, they start this probably about 9, 10 a.m. and kind of end in the evening with the six hours. Um, but it was the in DPI, it was the 55. It was the Mazda Motorsports, Harry Tickno, Jonathan Bomarito, and Oliver Jarvis winning it. Uh, Meyer Shank, who won the Indy 500, their car finished second. Nobly, Jimmy Johnson in, in his Cadillac DPI was fifth. Um, that was the DPI class, the winners of the L, LMP2, Tristan, Tristan Nunes, Thomas Merrill, Stephen Thomas. Um, they won the, the in, in win auto sport. 
GT Le Mans, GTLM. It was Corvette Racing winning it with Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia. LMP3 was Riley Motorsports with Felipe Fraga, Scott Andrews, Dar Robinson. Um, Turner Motorsports, GTD with Bill Oberlin, Robbie Foley, and Adrian Reed. Um, that's that that was your winners. Um, a lot of good racing, some wrecks in it. Um, some car, uh, one a uh, couple of the cars actually I saw in the highlights actually grazed the Armco barrier coming out of that out of um what what's turn eleven, um at you know that that final turn at Watkins Glen, um as they start to um come towards the the starting line and going down and pit entrance. Both cars that I saw did actually ended up having a fire right after. So, um, so they they kind of caught their fuel lines in that, and that's that that's what kind of caught them there on that. Yeah, so, I'm sure that made more than a couple of teams nervous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Saying like you know what if it could happen to them, it could happen to any of us. So take it easy on turn eleven, would you guys? Yeah, mo- most certainly. So it, it was great racing. It was fun. It was excellent. Um, I, I heard it, you know, from what I've heard, the feedback was really good. So I, I just want to touch base on that. I just, um, you know, like I said, I didn't get to see it, but I will say if, you know, anyone who's listening to our podcast and, you know, if you ever get a chance, Come up to Watkins Glen, go go see a race there. It's amazing, especially when they use the boot, the sports car guys. You know, you can walk anywhere around there. You get really great views. It, it, it's really cool to, to watch there. So, but with that said, we've actually got to go tune up the car. Ryan's got some some information on where you can give us feedback where you can listen to us. And when we come back, we're going to get dive into the IndyCar and the formula one open wheel race results. that have occurred from the past few weeks. This is from checker to green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you enjoying what you're hearing? Join the conversation. Find us on Facebook at From Checker to Green podcast, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Is there a segment that you enjoy the most? Let us know. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? Tell us about it. Your feedback helps drive this show and helps us generate the content that you want to hear. And if you're enjoying this episode, you can find the rest of our episodes on podcast.com as well as Apple Podcast. Just search for From Checker to Green Podcast. We hope to hear you soon. And now, back to From Checker to Green Podcast. Welcome back, race fans, and we, we are continuing with our extended checkered segment. 
We are going to pass on our spotlight segment this week. We've got a lot to cover with, with the racing action that's happened, but we've, we've got some good spotlight segments coming up, uh, especially a lot of news that has come out probably the past few days, um, the, 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 the past few days in the NASCAR world. Um, we've got a lot of things there, but let's recap you with the IndyCar and open wheel. We'll start with that. We'll start with IndyCar. The last time we, we had our podcast, we talked about the Indy 500. We talked about Helio Castroneves winning his fourth, making history. That following um, a couple weeks later, they were at June 12th and 13th. They were at Belle Isle for their doubleheader, the IndyCar doubleheader. Um, the last, last or the second doubleheader of the year um, and, and the last doubleheader of the year uh, for on their racing schedule. But it was um, it, it was great racing in Detroit. It, it is Roger Penske's, I, I will say, it's his baby um, because he he is behind the Belle Isle stuff. And, you know, it was good to see them back after the year hiatus. But guess what? It was great racing. Marcus Erickson, we ended up getting our um, seventh different winner of the season at Belle Isle, and it was Marcus Erickson winning it. So it was Erickson. Renus VK was second. Pedo Award third. Takuma Sato fourth. Graham Rahal. According to Racing Reference, Erickson leads five of the laps. Scott Dixon led the most, but actually ended up finishing eighth. There were only two cautions, a very serious incident, actually, on lap 65, that involved Roman Grosjean. Um, his car actually ended up hitting, um, from what I understood, was the throttle stuck, and he ended up hitting the um, tire barrier and almost really launching it. The catch fence did its job, but he ended up having pain. So he did not race the next day. And he actually had a replacement for that Sunday. And his replacement was, let's see. Oh, I get, oh, wait, he was cleared that Sunday. I do apologize. I forgot. He, he was cleared that Sunday because he actually ended up showing up, but he had, um, he, you know, there was talk about a possible replacement, but he, he was cleared. So my, my bad. Well, um, it also didn't help that there were a mess of conflicting reports from Saturday going into Sunday about his participation. So I think you can be forgiven that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was, but it was a very serious rock. I mean, if you saw it, it was, it, it was very, very serious. It was scary. Um, you know, considering, um, considering what happened to him in formula one last year. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really scary, but he bounced back. He came in, he, he didn't do well the next day. He had brake issues, ended up 24th, but 
you got your first repeat winner that Sunday with Pato Award. Joseph Newgarden was second. Alex Plew was third. Colton Hurdith, uh fourth. Graham Ray Hall fifth again. Uh, Newgarden led 67 laps of the uh, led 67 of the 70 laps. Pedo Award led three. All these results, I'm telling, um, just make a disclaimer here uh, to our listeners. Um, all these results are we, we get, we actually get from racingreference.info. Um, but it was it that race, um, it was literally Joseph Newgard dominating. He started on the pole and Pedo Award got by him at the end. So with that said, we had one more race with that. And it was the following week. They ended up going to where NASCAR is this weekend, Road America in Elkhart Lake. And we get our second repeat winner. Alex Polo wins it. He led five laps. Joseph Newgarden again led 32 of the um, 55 laps. He led the most, but ended up finishing 21st. Colton Hur was second. Will Power third. Scott Dixon fourth. Roman Grosjean, after his terrible week at Belle Isle, finishes fifth. And it was really, um, you know, it was good for Polo. Um, a lot of lead changes through the race. Um, a, a few cautions there. Uh, Jimmy Johnson did spin out. I will let you know. Jimmy Johnson finished 22nd. But it is turning up to be an interesting point race as the season's starting to wind down for IndyCar. There's about, I think I saw the stat, I believe it's seven drivers who all could have a shot at doing this, at, at possibly winning the championship. Um. And, you know, the, the point bail between first and seventh is 107 points. You get 51 points for a win. You know, you, you can get, you know, like 50 some points for a win here. I mean, Polo got it and he leads. So you, you can tell you, you know, if, if one guy has a bad day, you do very well. You can make up ground. Um, right now, the points, it's Polo and Ward. He's 28 back. Scott Dixon, third. Last year's champion is 53 back. Newgarn is fourth with 88 points back of Polo. Paginal is um, fifth. Um, he's 94 back. And then VK, sixth. Herta, seventh. Erickson, eighth. Ray Hall, ninth. Um, sixth, seventh. And eighth are literally within three points of each other. So you can tell how, how tight it is and how good it is. Um, but we've had a new winner and a couple repeat winners. A lot of good racing action. Um, you know, it's, you know, a lot of tough courses. Belle Isle, Road America. They've got Mid-Ohio coming up. 
Ryan, your quick thoughts before we talk about Formula One. Well, first thought is going to be for uh, the last race at Road America. You know, usually you see battles, you know, mid-pack working their way up. But seeing that fight at the front of the pack, I tell you, that made for some quality edge of your seat racing and I very much enjoyed. And as you mentioned, the battle in the point standings, yeah, it's despite what anyone says, it's still anyone's season at this point. And all it takes is somebody up in the points there to have one misstep and somebody can easily overtake them. So I don't think there's any real clear picture for the season yet for IndyCar, but I, I tell you, there's going to be some, there's going to be some slugfests in these later races for the people who want those point spots. Most certainly in, indeed. So, now let's actually move, transition into that was IndyCar Ryan and, and great thoughts with that. Let's transition into Formula One, and we actually had three good racing races. Um, we went to Baku, we did France, and we had round one of Austria. And let's talk about Baku. Let's put a little more focus on this because tires were a issue. Oh, not God, only an issue. Oh, God. oh yeah, with, with, with Pirelli, um, they they changed up the compounds a little bit. They had tires last year. It, it's starting to look more and more from what we're hearing is that the issue that it's coming from is um, the the issue that it's coming from is more that it's um, the tire compound can't handle the speeds of these cars. So let's get into it. Baku, Sergio Perez, we, we've talked about Red Bull starting to dominate with, with the thing with Monaco and what happened and for Verstappen dominating. While Red Bull continued their dominance, it what Verstappen took the lead, he actually ended up leading from after um, Hamilton. Um, he started leading on lap 11, but it was interesting. Lance Stroll has a really hard crash. And because of that, um, it, because of that and, and the hard crash he had, there was a yellow flag out. Well, with that said, um, for Stappen's leading at this point, we, we saw a tire just let go without worrying on Stroll. Verstappen's leading, and all of a sudden on lap 47, he crashes. Um, the tire goes without warning as he comes by the front. They did have to red flag it. Drivers, they allowed the Formula One drivers to change up tires because they felt like the hard compound wasn't holding. There was a lot of arguments between officials, the team saying, hey, the tire's not letting go, you know, the tire is not holding. Very big controversy, investigations being done, you know, finding out what was happening, but very bad crash for that. But what that did was that handed Sergio Perez the win. They went to go do the restart, 
and and Lewis Hamilton end up not ends up hitting a button on his steering wheel and he and he has to pull off he missed the first turn and that is not good because it handed Perez the win in a in a hot championship bail constructors championship as well Vettel was second Gasly third Charles Leclerc was fourth and Lando Norris was fifth but here's some notables Valtteri Bottas 12 no points Lewis Hamilton 15th no points after his his mistake Verstappen Retired, no point, and Verstappen had led 29 laps. And let's face it, we all know that's going to make big changes up at the top of that heap. Yeah. However, because Verstappen and Hamilton did not get any points, the championship was four points going into it. It stayed the same because they got zero points. Verstappen still led, but that was, that was, um, as Rajan, that was Baku, that, that's how that race ended. And the following week on Father's Day, they went to France, a really good road course. And in, um, Lewis Hamilton started second. He led 38 laps. He ends up second. Max Verstappen leads 10. He wins it. Red Bull wins Monaco, wins Baku. They've won France three in a row for that. Perez was fourth. Bottas was, was or, but, sorry, Perez was third. Baz was fourth. Norris was, what was fifth. Um, there were um, no retirees. 11 cars finished on the lead lap. Um, Sebastian Vettel, who finished second the week before, actually was ninth. Um, Lance Stroll bounced back to, to be in the points and finished tenth. And that was um, that was France. I apologize. I didn't catch any of this. Ryan, did you catch any of the France Grand Prix? Unfortunately, I did not. I could only catch so much racing on Father's Day. My Father's Day was a touch busy, but I did catch the highlights of that, so I know the big points of the race. And uh, it's like everything's falling back into place like it was in the first half of the season, where, once again, it's a boxing match between Red Bull and Mercedes. Most certainly. Unfortunately for Ferrari despite having some fairly strong finishes in the previous several races, they're starting to fall off again, which, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for them because I was kind of hoping to see a return to form for them, but with some races still to come, you know, they can either, you know, try to bounce back to continue to be a contender or it could end with more disappointment for Ferrari. Yeah, that, that, that's true. And so we, we get to this point where we're now going into the, Eighth race of the season. It was let, it was this past Sunday. It was round one at the Red Bull Ring in in um, Spielberg, Austria, for the 2021 Steermark Grand Prix. And 
guess what? Red Bull in fashion, Max Verstappen dominates, leads 71 of 71 laps. He had a 35-second advantage over Lewis Hamilton. Bottas was second. Perez was fourth. Lando Norris was fifth. You want to talk about dominant fashion by Verstappen? The top four guys finished on the lead lap. And the big thing that comes out for this was the points lead now for Verstappen with the dominance. He is 18, he is um, 18 points ahead. He has 156 points. Lewis Hamilton has 138. Perez is third with um, 96. Lando Norris was is fourth in points with 86, and Bottas is fifth with 74 points, 82 back of Verstappen. So even though, um, again, even after Baku, there was no gain in, in the championship standings, but with Verstappen winning and Hamilton being right there, I think if you, it's going to be a tight race in the, uh, I think we're setting up for a very tight championship here, Ryan. And unless you get something that happens, like what happens in Baku, what happens in, or in Monaco where Red Bull is many positions ahead of uh, Mercedes or Hamilton and for stamps ahead of Hamilton, I think you're going to see a close championship bail. What do you think? Oh, I think it's going to be decided by decided by about a hair's breadth at the way these two are going. Uh, Max Verstappen, I mean, holy crap, he made that look easy. I don't think he actually broke a sweat in that race. He he might he could have just cruised and he would have still won with that kind of time advantage. But I think he's got the intelligence to know that resting on one's laurels is just not an option with Lewis Hamilton hot on your heels. That's true. And, and, but the, but the constructors championship actually reflects something different because Perez won in Baku um, and Mercedes did not gain points and at least Red Bull did. And the way it's going, the constructors championship, Red Bull has 252 points. Mercedes has 212 McLaren has 120 Ferrari's fourth with 108. Um, the, the rest is um, Alpha Tori Honda is fifth with 46. Aston Martin Mercedes 44 and six. Um, Alpine uh, Renault uh, or Renault 31 and seventh. Alpha Romeo Racing Ferrari has two points in eighth. And then it's Williams, Mercedes, and Haas Ferrari who have not scored any points this year. But it's a 40-point advantage. I mean, we talk about 18 in the championship, 40 in the constructors. It, and they're going back into Austria this weekend, which as of right now, at the end of practice two, just, or as or yeah, at the end of practice two, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen are your top three fastest. But you're back in Austria, and it it's it could get interesting because if a battle, you know, forty points can change, especially the point differential in Formula One. 
where you get the one point for the fastest lap, but if you if you you know in an 18 for second, unless you get the fastest lap, I mean 25 for first, 18 for second, 15 for third, 12 for fourth, you know, I mean you gotta finish in the top 10 to get points. So I mean a bad day by anywhere in the final races by Red Bull and let's say you know Mercedes goes one two gets the fastest lap you're looking at 44 points there you could easily gap that yeah they could and they have the drivers that could do it so this is going to be one very very competitive fight to the finish yeah Oh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be very exciting this weekend. You know, and we're kind of talking about Austria, Ryan, but we've actually um, – that covers all the racing action. Your Any thoughts on all the racing action that we've just covered the past, it, between our segments? Yeah, I, I think I can sum it up into this one sentence. Holy crap, what a racing season. Yes, I agree. It's getting interesting in Cup. It's getting interesting in IndyCar. It's getting interesting in Formula One. There's a lot of good racing out there. I mean, local tracks are going. Things are getting back to to normal. You know, compared to what we talked about last year, and I at this time, I yeah, I agree and. With that said, we've got very interesting race weekend coming up, including a race event which kicks off tonight in central New York in the Finger Lakes region. But before that, Ryan's going to give us a word from our sponsor, and then it's going to be the green segment, and the car's going to be back and ready. This is From Checkered to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Trying to improve the identity of your business? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the knowledge and the resources to give your business a unique identity to stand out from your competitors. From advertising options like logo design, business cards, stationery. Also, to get your name out there with things like postcards, flyers, stickers, Samurai Graphics can help you get your name out to your customers. For more information regarding the opportunities available, contact Samurai Graphics at samuraigraphics716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Welcome back, race fans. The green segment's out. We've got a lot of good racing action on this Independence Day weekend. And we're going to kick it off. Let's start with it. We are going to talk about Cup Series racing. First time ever, the Cup Series returns to Road or goes to Road America. New road course on the schedule. We've had 
the Xfinity guys go there. Ryan, let's talk about Road America in this track. Let's. All right. So let's kind of talk about it. Um, we we don't have um, it, it's a um, it's the Jackie Made in America 250. It's gonna be on NBC Sunday at 2:30. It's a doubleheader weekend for them. In um NBC's coverage because IndyCar is at noon from mid-Ohio. So you want to get your racing fix in, that will be really good. Um, they are actually going to have qualifying. It is not a pick. It is qualifying multi-vehicle, two rounds. That's going to happen Sunday. Um, we, we've got, I believe we've also got the Cup Series there. Um, or we've got the Xfinity guys there who have raced there before, but it looks like it is going to be really good racing this weekend. It's a new track. So with them being at Row America, we've got the Xfinity, we've got the cup guys there. Ryan, tell us about the track. Well, as far as road courses go that are local and by local, I mean, in the United States, this one, there's a lot going on. You got, let's start with the big right turn off of turn one from the long straightaway. That, a nice easy turn for two. Then you got a hard right turn at turn three. That's going to be an interesting spot, especially if you get, you know, a nice pack together early on. That could be a very interesting turn. Then you got the gentle slope going to turn four and a hard left turn at turn five. And quick straightaway into another hard left at six. Gentle right turn at seven into a well, moderate straightaway into the next hard turn at turn eight. Now, nine to 10 is a nice winding hairpin. And then it takes you to an easy right turn at 11. Um, Mid-length straightaway between 11 and 12. Bit of a slope, but nothing that these drivers can't handle. Then you got the next hard right at 12 and a curve into 13, which curves out into a hairpin at 14, which brings us to everyone's favorite spot, the hard straightaway between 14 and one. That's gonna be, you know, if you're gonna get some good separation, there's your opportunity. It's and, basically oh, open road to turn one. And, and speaking of that, I mean, you talk about with turn one and open road, remember it goes downhill at Road America. They, they go uphill mm -hmm. coming out 14 and then they're going straight into one. You know, if, if you've been to Watkins Glen, it's kind of, they come out and go downhill. Well, no, this is let's go straight uphill and then come back down. Interesting. It's going to be a very interesting breaking zone into one. I think five is going to be very interesting because you build that speed up and then you got to get hard on the brakes. You come through, you've got that Johnsonville speed zone area. Um, after you come out of the carousel out from nine and 10 and you pick up that into 12, which is going to be tougher. So a lot of good, a lot of good racing action on that track. It's going to be, it's going to be very, very interesting. It's a, um, it, it's more of a, um, you know, it, it's a challenging road course. It's not, um, I, I will say, um, it's going to be very key 
to take advantage of those breaking zones there. Um, I can tell you the entry list, they're going to have 40 cars. So they have a full field going, um, look for your road course. You know, the, the guys who've been good on road courses, like a Truex, a Larson, a Chase Elliott, maybe a Kyle Busch. Those guys all got a chance. Qualifying is Sunday. So we won't know the field until till Sunday. Um, but I know that practice is going to be key. Um, drivers, I know drivers have been using the iRacing to kind of get used to it, figure it out. I think it's going to be a very interesting course. Ryan, who do you think could win this race? Personally, I think that if uh, Kyle Larson qualifies near or at the front, I don't think anybody's going to take him here. I, I think he's he's going to once again flex his road course skill, and I think that being the case, uh, he's going to have another very very good day here, and I think the rest mm-hmm. of his team is going to be right there with him. I I agree. I I think you're going to see Hendrick. You you're going to see that Hendrick dominance that Gibbs. You know. Dominance. I I think it's coming down to either Hendricks or Gibbs driver this weekend. I don't think the Fords are uh, have had that dominance to to kind of keep up with, with the Chevys or Toyotas. I will give you the breakdown of this. It is a sixty-two lap race, two hundred and fifty miles. It's fourteen at stage one, twenty-nine uh, lap stage two, sixty-two. So 14, so first 14, so it's 14, 15, and then the remaining after that. So look for pit strategy to be key. Um, I think, uh, you know, you're literally rewriting the notebook. And to be honest, next year you rewrite the notebook again because we go into the next gen cars, but that is a, that is road America should be a fun race this weekend. Um, with that said, we've got more racing action. I mentioned it briefly. Indy cars are at mid Ohio this weekend for the mid Ohio, um, Honda Indy 200 at mid Ohio. I will tell you, this track is interesting. We, we've discussed Mid-Ohio before. It's a 2.258-mile, 13-turn row course. They don't. They start them coming out of the key at the race. That's the only time they start them at a different racing line that, than the start-finish line. Um, according to the IndyCar website, this track has everything, elevation changes, high-speed corners, flowing corners, tight corners, narrow racing ribbon, and a challenge to enter pit entry. Let's just say, hey, you, you know how tight Sonoma can be sometimes. Mid-Ohio proves to be a challenge as well for the IndyCars. Um 12, uh, 12 p.m. is the race on NBC. We've got, um, you know, the, they're out there practicing today. Qualifications are going to be tomorrow. They do that group one, group two, and then the round two, and then they do the fast six um, qualifications. That's from 12 to 110 tomorrow. 
really good racetrack. I IndyCar Ryan every time they they've put it in there, um, it, it's been a really good, um, fun filled action. Um, you can you, you got you had a good battle. I believe it was last year between or a couple of years ago it was one of them between Ganass, um, between Dixon and I believe it was Erickson. And years that, ago, sir. Yes. Years ago. And and that was a really good um that was a really good race. Um looking at looking at your your entries right now, just looking at the spotter's guide on the IndyCar website. I mean, you've got Jimmy Johnson in there. You got Grosjean, who's gonna race for. Um, let's see who else. We, I mean, you got your favorite Dixon. It, you know, looking at this, Ryan, who do you? I mean, do you think Ganassi continues the dominance? And you think, um, like Polo, or do you think like McLaren was award? Who do you think could could dominate that? You know, who who could come out with the best day if you're you know looking at at the entry list? Well, based on previous performances, you gotta at least have the two multi-time winners this season in the conversation. Because you get multiple wins in a season, you get that taste for victory, you want more. So those two alone, uh Palu and Pedro Award. Keep an eye on them. They're hungry for more victory. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Ganassi were to keep up the dominance that they've shown this season. They seem to have a strategy that's constantly running on all cylinders. Pardon the gratuitous pun, of course. Honestly, though, I don't think with all the ups and downs this season has bring us, it, it would be a bit presumptuous of us to try to pick any one driver at this point because they they want it badly this season and their performance has shown it so quite frankly I, it seems a bit of a cop-out answer i admit but really it could be anyone i i agree i mean it's an 80 lap race so it and it's a uh, 180 miles i mean they call it the 200 um May also they, they could be referring to the, the kilometer portion or rounding up, but yeah, point. it is it is going to be very interesting. I I really think that it I think award and I think Palou have it. We could we have a, a Penske driver do well, maybe. Um, I just don't know if Penske, you know, it, it, it seems like Penske's been up there. And something's happened. Um, New Garden could be a, a good favorite this weekend. I think it's gonna. I I really think it's gonna be interesting. Um, but I'm I'm gonna lean with Polo and one of the Ganassi guys there. So we've actually got two more events. You want you know Ryan? We talked about the the trifecta that happened on um that you sat on memorial day weekend how about the trifecta that's actually happened on july 4th because you can kick the fourth of july off in the morning watching austria and what makes you think i won't 
Yeah, I know. I'm going to be. It's like, that's a race worth waking up for. Again, it's, oh yeah, it's at the Red Bull ring. It's round two. It's um, 71 laps again. It's a 4.318 kilometers, 306 kilometer distance, three DRS detection zones, a track that's got more DRS on there. They start off going to a hard turn one. You got a long straightaway in sector one, going to a gel turn two, a hard turn three, another nice straightaway. Then you kind of wind through into a right-hander into four, left into five, right into six, left into seven, and then a right into eight, which covers sector two, three. Um, you're, and then you go through three into nine and 10. It's a 10-turn course. It's won the longer races besides Monaco this year. And you're... Your DRS detection zone, you've got a DRS detection zone, but um, going into one, so you get between one and three is that DRS zone. You get a DRS detection zone range to three, so you then between three and four, and then you pick it up at nine. So literally from turn 10 through turn four, if you are one second within You've got a very of your car. You got a very very good chance of trying to get by them and taking care of business there because you pick up the extra horsepower with the DRS detection. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think um, I'm going to go bold here, and Verstappen takes it, and Red Bull keeps doing it. Your thoughts? Now, full disclosure, this is coming from the point of view of a fanboy. Might as well get mm-hmm. that disclosure out of the way early. Based on the current practice results, this might be the one where Lewis Hamilton takes the front again. I think I say that. that now, mind you, this is based on the first two practices that are already in the books. Practice one, uh, Verstappen had the front with... Uh, uh, 104.5, nope, no, 105.4212. And Lewis Hamilton in practice two, bested that time. He had the 104.523. And settling into times like that was what it looked like early in the season when he basically seemed like he was unstoppable. So I, I think this is the point where Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes team is going to start to turn it around. I agree. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I see. I know we're seeing Hamilton ahead of the Praxis Bottas. But remember, that has happened this year. And what has happened? Verstappen has taken it. Rumble has taken it. So just because you're quick in practice doesn't mean you're going to be the winner on race day. True. But it's going to be very interesting. I guarantee, I, I hate to say it, but I'm filling up my DVR with all this racing. I'm right there with you, man. This is this is a race that I want to see. This could be a very critical race in the Formula One season. Oh yeah, it, it will be. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch that. Watch the, you know, then you got IndyCar. So literally, you're what you're going to have. If you think about, it, you've got Austria, 
Then you got IndyCar. Then you got Cup. And then you got the evening to have fireworks, campfire. Hey, it's the 4th of July. (laughs) So really, I mean, really, really good racing. But, but we got one more event to talk about, Ryan. And by chance, be some more sports cars. And at Watkins Glen, for the first time ever, people. Ding, 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 ding. We've got. Everybody wins the prize. Oh, yeah. Night racing comes to Watkins Glen. Now, I will say I've been there. um, I went in 2011 when they had the sports cars part of the cup and they didn't run the boot. Um, It was a 200 um, mile race. It was um, only a two hour race and it started at about five and ended at seven. So it wasn't getting dark yet. This is literally start at six, two hours and 40 minutes, and when it's dark, Watkins Glen, dark. Can you think about sun setting? It is going to be fun. It's the full track. This was what was supposed to be at Morrisport this weekend. Has gone to Watkins Glen. It is the Weather Tech 240. It happens Friday night tonight as we're recording. Set your recorders 6 to 9 p.m. on NBC Sports. They're using the entire track. Essentially, this is a this is almost half of what the six hours sailing or the six hours of the Glen is, and it's going to be a, a great race. Um, from what what I'm understanding in the um, entry list, there's six DPI guys. Um, You've got, you know, you've got, you know, the Ganassi, you've got your winner, Harry Tinkle and Oliver Jarvis, who won last week. They're going for the, the, they could go for the sweep back to back. Um, You've got um, the the Meyer Shank guys who finished second. You're going to have Le Mans prototype one or two LMP3, GT Le Mans, GT Daytona, essentially. All the classes are back to run a 30 entries total breakdown is this DPI is six LMP two is, is three LMP three, six GT Le Mans is three and GTD is 12. You actually got a couple other events here this weekend. You have the prototype challenge, which is going to run the 3.4 miles at Watkins Glen. And then that's following Sunday, you or that following Saturday, um, or sorry, that's going to broadcast the following Tuesday. You also have the Salins 120 at the Glen, but it is going to be a lot of good racing there. Caps off with um, the event Friday, you know, event tonight. I think it's going to be fun racing. All of those classes that ran the sale in six hours are going to be there. 30 cars. What a way to kick off the 4th of July weekend. And there are no arguments here. And 
there's the forecast for rain. There's been rain here in central New York. We talked about in the beginning, it's raining right now. Strategy comes into play, especially night with the rain with these guys. It's going to be very, very, very interesting. And I'm excited. Oh, I'm stoked for this race. And I'm got to be honest, man, if I didn't have a completely full plate this weekend, I'd have been at that race. I know. You know what, man? You and me next year, we're going to the six hours of the Glen. No objections. We'll get Elliot, and we will try to do a broadcast from there. Yeah, because I'm sure that'll be such a tough sell for him. Like, hey, you want to go see a Le Mans race in person? Like, yeah, twist my arm a little, why don't you? <laughs> so, with that said, we've talked a lot of racing action. It is time to wrap up the show. We've got our final thoughts coming up We are right now. And with 4th of July weekend, um, the iRacing series, um, there, the, this iRacing challenge they've done, um, with a couple of the NASCAR drivers, they, they've done a big thing called the, the these class, the, these big challenge races at Daytona. They did one for the day, you know, around the Daytona 500, but they did one this weekend for the Firecracker 400. Um, and it got me thinking about Daytona and um, our final thought I want to bring up is I know Daytona in the cup series now determines the playoff. It's the final race before the playoffs. It's a wild car race, but you know what? I want them to bring back the firecracker 400. I, I think they need to bring it back. Um, you know, it's good that, that NASCAR is at Road America this weekend. But, you know, you, you say you say February and what comes to your mind, and it's Daytona. You say you, it, it's Daytona, the Daytona 500. You think, oh, racing, May. What's May? Coca-Cola Memorial Day. Coca-Cola 600. Indy 500. You say July 4th. Most NASCAR fans are going to, first thing that comes to their mind is Daytona. The Firecracker 400, brand they used to start at like 10 a.m. Green flag because of how hot it would get. And then when they put lights in, they moved it to night. I think they need to bring this back. I think you've got to bring it back and I would say I know NASCAR likes to do the, the, you know, they've experimented with the multiple nights and all this. You know what they need to do is have it always on July 4th. No matter what night it falls, what day it falls under, people are off. People usually like to extend their, you know, a lot of people take time off around this time of year from work. You know what? Bring it back. Have it on July 4th, no matter what day. Have it on night. If you want to have it in the day, fine. But do some, you know, it's what it was. You know, it always got me excited for this. And I really think they got to have it back. And I'd like to see it back and, and, and put some other, you know, 
race there. I mean, you want to do a road course race for the, you know, to determine a playoff spot, fine, go by me. But NASCAR, please do that. You know, bring it back. I think people would love it. Ryan, your thoughts? They know that if they brought that back, they couldn't help but make a fortune off that race. I know it. You know it. The decision makers at NASCAR in their heart of hearts, they know it. The fans know it. Oh, the fans absolutely know it. Ask any fan. They'll tell you. Hey, Dave, what do you think? Oh, right. You already said because you're a fan. You know. Mm -hmm. The things they could do with that race, the... The absolute grand, you know, NASCAR history and pageantry that could be put on display in that race. It would be the stuff of legend. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Imagine, if you will, let's say they brought back that race. And, you know, like a race that has already happened this season, we make it a tribute race. Where your guys, it's like, okay, for your cars, choose your racing legend. You'll be running those colors and number today as a nod to the great OGs of the past. So kind of like darling to throw back, but choose your paint scheme. Yeah, I like the, it. Yeah, choose your I, legend. I like it. I, I like it. I, you know. You know, definitely that would be cool to see. I I agree, Ryan. I, I like that idea. And I I think it would be really good for them to bring it back. And if, if they did, you know, it, I, I think that's what makes you think July 4th is, hey, auto racing, it's Daytona. A lot of people like being down there. Even if you did it on the road course, I don't care. Have Daytona back. Do the road course. Get the IMSA guys down there. Do a short road race there. Hey, who cares? Make it a big event. Like, dude, that's that's genius. They used they used to do that. They used to have the Paul Revere 200 at midnight. That, that, is, that separates the men from the boys. Yeah. They used to do something like that. They need to bring it back. And I think they got to do it. And NASCAR needs to look at you're at a point where you guys start getting fans. You want to keep fans here there. Start with that too. So that is our, our final thoughts with that. Ryan. It's been a great show. I know Elliot couldn't join us with, with the holiday weekend. We wish, you know, it is that time of year. We're all taking vacations. So, Elliot, you know, we, you know. You were here with us in spirit. That's all that yeah, matters. You were. you were here with us in spirit. Hope you're having a good 4th of July weekend. I know we all are. Yeah, you know, if you're, you're listening to this. Um, by the time you may be listening to this, July 4th may have passed. We all hope that you have a great 4th of July weekend or you, you've had. Enjoy it. Enjoy the racing. Give us some feedback. We love the viewers. And thank you for joining us on the From Checker to Green podcast. 
think I could wrap it up any more eloquently than my co-host just did. So to everyone who listens out there, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you for listening. Continue to do so. We look forward to hearing from you on our groups on social media in the future. Have a righteous, awesome 4th of July. Enjoy it. If for no other reason, then because you can. The only reason you really need. This is Ryan Kolpak. We'll catch you on the next round. I'm David Moy. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast. (laughs) 